Welcome to the 69th episode of the Free Pizza Podcast. Today's guest is Brian Morganti, a graphic designer. Enjoy. All right, Free Pizza, your platform for creatives. And today we have a very special guest, the one and only Brian Morganti. What's up? (laughs) Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. It's so good to have you in here in Pennsylvania right now, which is so crazy. <laughs> right? Oh, God. Yeah. Back in Erie, PA, my, my hometown, born and raised. Yes. But for those who don't know, he has some roots here in Greensboro. He was here with us for a little bit. He just said six years ago, he reminded me a couple minutes ago, which is so crazy because it feels like it was yesterday. But he is amazing. He's a, such a great designer. And I've seen him work. And it's pretty crazy um, watching <laughs> you make those designs and stuff. So we'll hear about all of that right now. I'm real stoked on this. This is great. (laughs) Cool. So, yeah. So, tell us where this all started for you, Brian. Where did this all start for me? Well, I guess you'd have to say that anything dealing with design with me traces back all through my music roots. So, Mm -hmm. I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, what, eight years into design under the Flesh and Bone moniker. And a lot of people now don't even realize that I came from music first and foremost and uh so yeah back in the early 2000s or so when i graduated high school uh that's when i started playing music that's when i started touring on a more full-time basis whether it was with my own bands whether it was doing merch for bigger bands uh but then eventually settling in to the way that i met you guys actually which was through my band called dead horse yes and uh with dead horse that was like that was my final push to make music in my early 20s. Uh, that was like the project that finally made it happen. And we got to tour the country a bunch of times, got to tour overseas and see a lot of like my musical goals come true, which was surreal. But, uh, you know, that's a story for a different day. Uh, I guess, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the whole idea there being that, you know, I am just a podunk kid from a podunk town that, you know, knows nothing of anything except, uh, you know, doing it yourself. And when things started to pick up for Dead Horse, it, you know, it quickly became a realization that, wow, like we have a lot of demand for designs, you know, whether it be creating advertisements or tour posters or our our own merchandise to sell for tours, there was a lot of demand for it. And, Mm -hmm. You know, the more I looked into working with designers or working with designers in past projects, I knew that it was really expensive. And for all of us that have been in bands, we know that none of us have any money, especially in our early 20s. (laughs) So it was like, okay, I need to figure out how I'm going to do this on my own because I can't afford to pay for this all the time. So uh, starting into design was literally just through happenstance of need and mistake. Uh, it was something that I had no interest in. It's something I had never thought of when I was younger, you know, when they're like, oh, what what do you want to do? Like, I didn't take any art classes in high school. Like, I had I had no interest. And, uh, you know, the the more that, that I've looked back on it now, I realized I was, I was actually drawn to a lot of these things just through music. I, I was always really really interested in merch i was really really interested in in physical music and uh you know i I got a lot of inspiration from 
you know, actually buying CDs and, and going through the booklets and, and collecting band merch and, and all the buttons and patches and just being really into the design just as much as I was into the music. And I think that passion, whether, you know, it was subliminal or not, really carried over into me starting to carve my own path into design. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. I've always wondered what got you into the and it basically is you needing money in a band. <laughs> that's so crazy that that's kind of what got you into it. And yeah, what, what, it, was just, it was just one of those things that like was very much like, wow, this needs to be done. Like we need shirts to sell on tour. It's like, well, I can't pay someone to do that. So let's get on a computer and figure out how we can make shirts happen. And and it was just, you know, looking at other, you know, at that point it was like looking at other bands merch and being like, okay, what works for them? And, and saying, how can, how can I do that? What kind of Google searches can I make to plagiarize, uh, you know, old, old uh, woodcuts to <laughs> form into shirt design? <laughs> That's so awesome. Can you remember what your first one was? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I mean, that that sort of idea traces back to e- even like well before that when I was when I was actually in high school, uh, and and I had my own um, acoustic project. Well, actually, that goes in correlation with a terrible metalcore band that I had. Yes, and of course I was like a broke fifteen year old, and I really really needed a guitar amp. Yeah, and you know my parents weren't going to shell out any money for it, and I, it was up to me to to figure it out. I didn't have a job, didn't have any any source of income, so I uh, I had an acoustic guitar and I was writing these really bad emo songs as any fifteen year old did. <laughs> of course, and uh, I I literally had like one of those stick microphones from old nineties computers. You remember those? Absolutely. They they look like the ones Bob Barker would hold. Yep. On Prices Right, yeah. So I, I recorded an entire acoustic EP into one of those, and then I opened up like some kind of weird, you know, editing program that was like attached to Microsoft Word or something mm-hmm. to create an album cover for that. So I could sell CDs to my friends at school to then make the money to get my first guitar amp to get me into music. So no I way. Guess- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would have been the very first thing that I did when I was 15, trying to make a cover for this. And the, the project was called Cadence, and the album the album was called Abandoned Yesterdays. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Morganti, Abandoned You better believe it was, it was intense. <laughs> what was the metalcore band name? Uh, it was called The Sensory. Okay. Oh, that's and not that bad. It, yeah, we, we did that. Uh, that. That was like my first jaunt out of high school. So like we, we started touring my junior year, but then like within the first two weeks out of high school, we, we went down the East Coast. We did North Carolina dates. There's a chance that we actually crossed paths and didn't even realize That's it back crazy. then. That's oh crazy. That, that would have been wild. Because that, that would have been 2005, I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And we, we, played, we played in like Elon, North Carolina, places like that. Freaking Burlington. Yeah, that's so uh, yeah, it was wild, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's wild. So your design days go way before Dead Horse. Then you're going back to emo Brian. That's pretty crazy, and you're hustling. Yeah, yeah. I guess at that point though, it was like yeah. it was something I wasn't really thinking about and focusing on because I didn't I didn't really touch it after that acoustic EP. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, when Dead Horse came around, it was like okay, we got we had a lot of assets that we need to build, and it was just sitting down and saying like, you know, I think. 
I think I can do this. I think I can try it at least. And then the more I tried it, the more I realized I really enjoyed it. And as time went on, it was starting to become clear that I almost enjoy this more than I enjoy making music. And then eight years later, here we are. I haven't touched a guitar in forever and <laughs> stuck behind a computer all day. So the, I really uh, turned the tables on my creative uh, outputs. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let's go back to when you were a designer for uh, most of your merch for Dead Horse. So after you decided to um, cut the middle man, do it yourself, when did you... When did you start to take it seriously as far as like making money off other bands? Well, I guess that would be the natural progression through all of this. You know, as we kept touring more and more, uh, we kept adding to our merch arsenal. And then as I kept trying new things, I, I realized I was kind of creating an aesthetic for the band. Absolutely. And I'm sure you guys remember the overly ridiculous merch wall we would have with you know way too many designs and yes a table full of patches and stickers and buttons and the whole nine yards because i mean at that point merch was just insane like everyone could gallivant around with like 15 designs and somehow you'd sell all of it it was that was a crazy time for music but uh you know as we as we went around and, and made friends and made worthwhile connections and friendships with with all these different people including all of you fine folk down in north carolina absolutely shout uh, to us yeah it, i mean it was just like you know it, it was like oh who did your merch and then it was just a lot of conversations of well i did the merch and then it was oh can you do my band's merch absolutely so uh it, it just became this natural segue to where oh not only can i do this and and tour but i can actually start to help out my friends bands while i'm on tour and and i think you see that natural progression with a lot of musicians that get into design anymore because people are looking for a way to make money while they're touring and and if you're uh if you're good behind the computer with that type of stuff it, it's an easy way to help your friends out and and get the cash flowing in so i started to do that that would have been in uh 2011 or so when when other bands started to catch on and that's when i said okay wow i guess i'm not doing this just for myself anymore but i need to figure out how i can do this for other people and and that's when i started taking on my first clients as i was still making music and uh and then, you know, like with what you're saying with that question, uh, I guess it started to get serious when things were transitioning out of music for me in general. Like we stopped touring uh, in the middle of 2012. Mm -hmm. And that was when I, you know, had to really think about what was going on and, and if I was going to keep trying to do stuff with music or if I was going to transition into design. And, and more and more people kept asking and more and more friends kept asking at that time. And and before I knew it, I was doing design and thinking about design way more than I was music. Mm -hmm. And then that's when Rachel and I, uh, my partner, now of 10 years, which is wow. wild. That's <laughs> crazy. Shout out to Rachel, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Love of, love of my life. And uh, she, which she was also in Dead Horse for the listeners. Mm -hmm. Like we had got to, got to play in the band together and do that. And, uh, you know, we were looking to kind of start over and, and figure out a new new place to go. And, and we actually moved down to North Carolina, and that was like my transition out of music and into doing design. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess Jacob would know this very well, where we actually lived together in a house in Pittsburgh. Yes, y'all did. <laughs> and, 
day in and day out. I was on that couch in the corner, right? And I was just designing away. You work like <laughs> 10 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> no, nonstop. I mean, non-stop. that's what I remember. I remember, you know, because I was at that house pretty often. And I would see you sit on the couch and I'm like, well, what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> making some merch for this, for this band. And like, I would see you crush it. And your process is so just pristine. And I was so just blown away by someone making money literally on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was wild. That wreaked havoc on my back even as like a 25-year-old. I, I did not have a proper office to work in or like a, a nice chair to sit on. Absolutely. I was just on that stupid, dirty couch all, all day, every day, just trying to make it happen. Just hustling. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Tristan Miller, the creative director for the hand-to-hand market, Greensboro's largest indie craft fair. On December 2nd, we will be hosting our 7th annual holiday market from 11 to 5 p.m. at Revolution Mill in the Wham Rev Gallery. I am very excited to bring this to you because we're going to have the best selection of handmade goods, vintage finds, and original art that you can find in Greensboro. So I hope to see you soon. To learn more about the hand-to-hand market, please visit www.handtohandmarket.com and you can find us on Facebook as well and Instagram. But I want to take a step back because I'm sure listeners are wondering what tools or what equipment, I guess, well, not, well, no, what tools and resources you were using to get better with, you know, making um, those designs. So were you looking at YouTube videos ever? I know you didn't go to school for it, but what tools did you use to get better? Oh, God. See, that this is this is where it gets cringy even for me still. Like, oh, God. Fun fun fact, I still have no idea what the heck I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> Eight years later. <laughs> yeah, so so I have I have never been to school. I have never had any type of formal training. I honestly have never really looked up any type of tutorials to try and teach myself. I was literally doing things just based off of trial and error. Uh, wow. At first, when I was doing things, it, it was more like looking around and saying, okay, what is working for for a lot of my friends' bands, so to say, and, and how can I put my own little twist on that? And you know, coming coming out of early two thousands designs, a lot of a lot of things that you saw in in that era was all based on you know kind of copy and paste with with vintage woodcuts, engravings, things of that nature. If you go look at look at things from the MySpace era, as I like to call it. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, that was what I was really influenced by. And, I, you know, the more I looked at it, I thought, okay, I can I can probably do stuff like that. And, and there, there's a lot of databases online with that sort of imagery that you can dig into. There's millions and millions of images from, you know, the, the early 20th century all the way back to, like, the 1600s. Mm-hmm. And... The more you sift through all of this stuff, the more you realize, like, I can take this and put it with that. And it was just a lot of experimentation. That that even goes along with a lot of my direct influence from, like, punk rock and, from my early days and, and zine culture and and really being into things that were copy and, copy and paste and, and cut and paste and, and just, like, just messing with old stuff to make it new and make it grimy and... Uh, that that was the the first stuff that I started to explore, but I I never used Photoshop because I didn't have the money for it, and I couldn't find a way to like download it illegally. Uh, so I used a free program called Paint.net, <laughs> which 
Wait, you know, you, you hear a program called Paint, you auto, you automatically think Microsoft Paint. Yes. But you know, it, it's not like that at all. It's actually a really neat program that uh, is kind of like when I explain it to people, I, I call it like the Linux of design programs because it's something that's like completely open source, open code, mm -hmm. and it's constantly changing all the time by the community around it. And still to this day, there's there's crazy updates for it. There's a zillion plugins for it. So depending on what kind of designer you are, you can mix and match and only download the plugins that make sense for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So you can make the program exactly as powerful as you need it to be with no other distractions. And to me, that was always a really neat idea. One, because it was 100% free. Two, because it was like way more streamlined and like way less distracting and busy you know if you dig into photoshop it can get wildly complicated really fast and that sort of stuff just makes my brain spin and i shut down but <laughs> yes. paint.net it kept me really really focused to just like say these are my strengths and i want to play to these strengths and these are plugins that play to my strengths and i just kept messing with those things and still to this day i do not use adobe programs at all 100 percent, no adobe ever and uh, I still I still use Paint.net on a daily basis for everything that I do, and I like swear by that program till the day I die. You're using Paint.net, a free program. <laughs> Paint.net, a free and program to form career. And you're making logo or designs for huge bands. Paint.net. <laughs> I'm a mind blown crazy. right now. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, and, and the other one I use at this point is a, another free program called Inkscape. Okay. That is uh, good for vectors and that side of things. So uh, Inkscape is the Illustrator replacement, and Paint.net is my Photoshop replacement. And uh, yeah, between those two, it's pretty pretty dang powerful. And for my needs, at least, working with a lot of just physical product, it's it's all I need. Wow, my mind is blown. There, are, people who are listening. There's no excuses. Like he literally <laughs> just gave you two free programs that you can use. And yeah. <laughs> to be successful, my goodness. Yep. So I, gonna, I have never paid a dime for any type of design resource ever. And it's worked for me this, this long. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> I might rethinking my whole thing right now. <laughs> but oh, I want to jump back a little bit because I want to know how you were feeling when that first band or friend asked you to make their merch. What was going through your head at that point? Oh my goodness! I mean, it's just like, are you like, are you serious? Do you are you sure? Is this a mistake? Uh, because you know, I, I mean, I've I've always been pretty forthright in in saying that like I I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just I'm just rolling with the punches as I go and and that's what I've done my entire life and uh, so to have other people look at what I was doing with Dead Horse and and say, oh, can you do something for me? It was like, oh, uh, I mean, I guess I can. I didn't really think about it. I didn't think it was an option. Because uh, I, I guess in that sense, since I never thought of myself as an artist or a designer, I didn't think I had the permission to be involved in that world, I guess you'd say. You know, I, I was like, leave that to the professional. You know, there's a lot of people doing incredible work. I can't even, like, put my put my name in that hat because I, you know, I'm just, I'm just a bottom feeder with this, you know? Right. Uh, so, so it, it was, it was weird and, and it kind of took me by surprise, but as jobs started to work out and people were happy 
with what they were getting, I I just kept getting more and more surprised, and it started to build like a confidence in myself to say, "Wow, you like maybe you can do something with this, and and maybe you have another creative outlet besides music." So it, it was something that made me take a step back and and say, "Okay, like I should probably explore this a little bit more." Absolutely, and so give us a rundown of how when you first established flesh and bone um and kind of ro- roadblocks you to hop over to get that going hmm roadblocks man i i mean it's silly to say but i'm not i'm not sure there was any roadblocks that's good because uh, yeah because you know again coming from that nature of like well i'm just gonna figure out how to do this it, i mean it was just it was just digging literally from the ground up. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to come out of the gate swinging. I wasn't trying to uh, compete for like large client work. I, I wasn't, you know, trying to attract brands or, or anything. It was just like, okay, I have this work I've done for myself, and I have this work that I've done for some friends. I should probably just put a name to it so I can start to market it under one umbrella and just say. You know, this is what this is called and not necessarily have it attached to my name because I don't really I don't really like the idea of being like, oh, Brian Morgani, the designer hit up Brian Morgani. I like (laughs) that. It's like a name and an entity that you can sort of hide behind no matter what. Um, And and, because I I wanted to do other things with it, too. And and as the years went on, like I I did a record label with it with the same name and, and a couple other things. But, uh, yeah, that's another story, of course. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it, it was just, again, that natural progression out of necessity to say, let's put a name to this yeah. that isn't my own. And, and, uh, I, I just wanted a name that represented what I was doing. And the bulk of what I was doing was merch design, poster design and album art and, you know, things that you could literally hold in your hands they were they were they were there in real life they were flesh and bone and and that was the the inspiration behind that uh so i i just wanted to do that to make branding for myself because i i couldn't really figure out a good way to make branding for my name and i thought it was really cheesy to sort of just brand myself like for me it just didn't work uh so to be able to make something under a name it was like, okay, let's just do this and, and see if it works out. And at that point, I said, if I go two weeks without getting a new job, then I will figure out a new route for my life. And eight years later, still haven't gone two weeks without one, so I don't have to think that far in advance yet. That's what I needed to hear right there. I was wondering what kind of kept you going back then because i mean when you first start anything it's absolutely hard i mean no matter what you say i mean it's, it's like i don't know this could work this maybe couldn't work but you know that's, yeah yeah that's so great that 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 you said that to yourself and like you made it work of course yeah and, and i mean you guys you know with music uh you know you you try really hard and, and you you push things really hard for a really long time and sometimes it can be so unfruitful you know the the results that you get where you can you can sink your heart and soul and money and time into writing a record and recording a record and and promoting a record and all this stuff or or same same with touring and then end up coming out you know with nothing at the other end where you're in debt or people don't like what you make or something to that it's like man what did i just like 
do all that for and you know i i've been burned like that with music i you know even with things that have been successful you know it, it still has burned out for me and uh with design it's like i was just expecting that same sort of resistance i guess and it, it was the first time that instead of me trying to chase everything down where like you're trying to fill tour dates and you're trying to get people to be in your band when other people quit and you're trying to just push things forward move things forward find booking agents etc cetera, etc cetera. you know th this was the first thing where i wasn't trying to chase people down but like people were coming to me mm -hmm. and and it was like wow like i really should pay attention to that and not take that lightly because that is like that's an honor that's a privilege and and you know don't take that for granted so I just, and that's when I kind of gave myself that ultimatum, like, okay, focus on this, pour, pour what you pour into music, into design and, and see what comes out on the other end. And I guess at the end of the day, that was probably the route I should have been doing years before music. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's crazy. I can, I can see the passion in your designs, which I'm, I'm always so blown away by when I see you post something new and I'm just like. That's so crazy, and I want to toot your own horn, toot your horn for a second, um, and kind of tell people who you've worked for because I'm on your website right now, and I didn't even know you even worked for half of these bands. So I'm going to name a few. So okay. I'm seeing Dispatch and Emery and Between the Buried and Me and Father John Misty, and I'm sitting here as like, holy crap, the world is a beautiful place. Like how cities burn, which is phenomenal that's like everyone's like favorite band back in 2006 you know like Dude, still one of my favorite bands <laughs> absolutely born of osiris and i'm I wonder, like how did you get in contact with these clients and was it labels or was it them personally like, how, how does that work well a lot of it is different it's a little bit of everything uh when it boils down you know when i talk to a lot of designers especially these days there's there's like some younger kids that'll hit me up sometime and be like, you know, how did you work with so-and-so or, or what was it like to work with so-and-so? And, -so? and the, I, I think there, there's a big misunderstanding with some of this stuff and what it looks like from the, from the outside, you know, people see that you do designs for so-and-so like, okay, let, let's, let's use father John Misty. For example, I, I did a shirt design for father John Misty uh, when the I Love You Honey Bear album came out and it, and it was part of uh, tour merch and pre-order merch and, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And people say, wow, like you got to work with Father John Misty. What is he like? And it's like, number one, I never talked to Father John Misty. <laughs> you know, number two, like Father John Misty did not come to me and say, oh, I love flesh and bone design. I would love for you to work with me. Uh, it was through a merchandising company oh. that was just working with me on a day-to-day -day basis with small things, big things, et cetera, et cetera. And, and one day in the queue, Father John Misty was one of their clientele, and they came to me and said, we have some of these assets that we would like to see how you can put together onto a shirt design. And I was one of a bunch of other people that submitted and got approved, and therefore, you know, I worked with the band, I worked with the management to get an approval with the merch company. So... It, it's not some kind of like glamorous thing where these bands are reaching out and whatnot. Uh, and, and a lot of times it goes like that. The, the bigger the band, the harder it is to reach them directly, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. Where, 
they're almost always represented by some kind of merchandising company or a label. And, and those people are reaching out to a wide array of artists at the same time to get a bunch of submissions to then hopefully get approvals. Uh, so even just to get re- reached out to for submissions is an honor. And then keeping your fingers crossed to hopefully get an approval out of that noise uh, can be, you know, a, a big surprise. So, you know, some, some of those things, it really just ends up being chance. It ends up being luck that you you hit a wavelength that they were looking for and they approved it. Um, other things end up being a little bit more unique. Uh, for example, I've done a bunch of poster designs in combination with uh, a print shop up in Connecticut called Lowbrow Print Shop. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, a connection with one of their local promotion company called Manic Productions. And they bring in, you know, huge, huge concerts from, from you know, the biggest names in music. And they, they've created a partnership with myself and a bunch of other designers to, when they have really big shows, they create special limited edition silkscreen posters specifically for that show in that area for that night mm-hmm. under the approval of the band. So uh, they'll come to me sometimes with a list of bands, say, hey, we have these shows coming up. We would like you specifically to submit for these, you know, titles because we think you you are in like the aesthetic realm of these bands and they might be into it. And then they reach out to the management and the bands and everyone talks it over and what they're looking for. And we all put our heads together to create something special for that night, for that city. And there's a lot of partnerships like that all over the country. And and even that right there is is a really unique look at, at like how some of these things come together. Where I've got to do posters for bands like Thursday and Touche Amore, Me Without You, Guided by Voice, Deer Hunter, stuff like that through that type of program. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's it's really neat. And and so yeah, it's not like not like these bands are ever like coming to you, and it's not like you're hitting up their email like. Oh, hello, between the Barry to me. How are you doing today? Can I do a shirt for you? You know, <laughs> it's it's always something else. You know, farther down the chain, and and that's that's pretty that's pretty fun to to be in the middle of that kind of process. That's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm wondering. Cause I'm, I'm looking at you know all the different designs and kind of, and you're all over the place. You get shapes and like geometric stuff, and then you have like you know just um some scenery and some nature stuff and like how where's the inspiration coming from when you're making these um designs are you listening to the music first or are you kind of like pulling it out of you know something else or where's it coming from well okay so within design i mean i guess specifically this type of design i feel like there's there's two very different classes of designers and there's those who design for themselves and there's those who design for the client. Okay. And designers who design for themselves, you know, are, are ones who are really, I don't know, self-aware of something that they are very, very good at and excel at. And and you can see these portfolios to where they are doing the same sort of thing all the time for all of their clients because it's in demand. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that if you excel at one thing and you do it so well that thousands of people want it, that's that's the greatest thing in the world. You get to do what you want to do all the time, no questions asked, mm-hmm. because you have a specific style. And then 
the type of designer who works for the client just sort of becomes a chameleon. And, and that's the type of designer that I've always been, where, you know, very early on, not coming from an artistic background, not coming from any type of design understanding, all I wanted to do was see the visions and, you know, dreams of the people I was working with come true, come to, fruit to, uh, come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was way less about what I thought made sense and way more about what they were looking for. And and that has to do, I guess, number one with wanting to actually establish myself as a designer and to just, I don't know, kind of create a challenge for myself to say, how can I not box myself in, but rather try a variety of things and, and see what makes the most sense for me. And, and through that process, I was able to, work into my own type of styling work into my own type of aesthetic over years and years of trial and error and you know weeding things out and changing things up but uh still to this point i i get a lot of work based off of my variety i guess you'd say because i'm yeah i'm not someone who just can do one thing and excel at it i'm i'm kind of like the you know, I, I wear many hats and am sort of good at a bunch of things <laughs> rather than being a master of, of one. I'm, I'm a master of none. And uh, but but I kind of like it that way. It kind of keeps it fresh and, and it's always something different every day. And I'm, and I'm always kind of pushing into new areas that that might not be comfortable for me. And, it, and I think it makes makes me better. I think it makes me a better designer to to learn from mistakes and and dig into something new all the time like uh i guess at this point if you looked at my portfolio and really zoomed out there's there's probably like five or six different things that that really make sense for me but i mean i've i've done so many different disciplines you know that it's it's kind of all over the place and some people that that drives them nuts and they don't (laughs) they don't like that there's no consistency but uh I don't know. I, I would rather have the the chameleon portfolio than the everything look the same portfolio. That is, I love that. And you know, and going through your site, and hopefully people are going through your site. I mean, you, the scene of the variety. I mean, I think you're a master of all of it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, thank you. You know. Yeah, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, too, like with, with the type of clientele that I'm dealing with, it, it's people that are looking for a very specific result for a very specific reason. Right. And that has way less to do with my own wants and needs and way more to do with everything that they're looking for and making sure that it's coming to life. Like when, whenever I work with clients, I have them all fill out extensive questionnaires so I can like get inside of their brain, right? So I can get inside of their vision and make sure I, as a designer, am stepping out on the right foot with them to create the journey that they're wanting to bring to life uh rather than saying look i know best you step aside and i'll and i'll make it happen sometimes i really want to do that when you have those knucklehead clients that really want to make you bring something to life that is just god awful but um (laughs) (laughs) but but so you know i think it's really good to to be able to communicate so well with, with a very wide array of people and a wide array of clients to say, what is it that you want brought to life with this? And, and 
kind of sorting through those thoughts and and then watching those light bulbs go off as we connect on things that that really that's that's the the sweet spot that really makes me happy the free piece of podcast is sponsored by zipster specializing in custom websites and local design you don't have to lift a finger to look cool online visit zipster.com and see what they can do for you absolutely and getting the clients that that kind of hit that sweet spot is probably very nice but that probably doesn't happen that often so i'm wondering how you work with the clients that are kind of a little bit more difficult to work with um so how do you work through that well i guess you know we we all have our fair share of difficult clients everyone everyone knows them everyone talks about them it's just the the eye-rolling moments of the the week uh and, and I guess, you know, you get burned by people and you get aggravated, but you very quickly learn from mistakes. And I think at this point in the game, I've, uh, I've, sort, of, I've sort of covered a lot of the things that have burned me in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, I, I've implemented a lot of things with project agreements. And that, you know, first off, Clients that aren't willing to sign simple project agreements, whether they're small bands or or you know large organizations, you know you're already you know deterring half of your headaches right there. Yep. Uh, you know people that that don't want to look at your terms and 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 respect that. You know the the respect of the the client artist relationship is a two way street, and so many times. Uh, designers and creatives are abused by by their clients, and, and you can you can very quickly enter into disastrous outcomes. And people that are, you know will abuse their rights to revisions, and they'll not even pay you, or they'll stop responding, or they'll drag things through the mud. And you're talking about people's livelihood, the way that people are paying their bills and and trying to you know secure their futures and. and uh, you know, as as a freelancer, especially, you have no security in place but yourself. Yep. And you need to take steps to make sure that you know difficult clients are staying within a certain set of rules and regulations. Um, you know, with, with myself, I don't. I I, I have. I made a, a very very simple project agreement that goes hand in hand with the questionnaires and. Uh, I guess the other thing is just doing deposits too, and mm-hmm. you know, very quickly with those three things. If you if you have clients that aren't willing to do those three things, you're you're going to weed out most of most of the the nightmare clients that you hear stories about all the time. So when when people hit me up and we talk over a job and and we agree on an initial price, I then send them over the information to say, okay, I I uh, require my clients to pay a 50% deposit up front mm-hmm. and then the other 50% upon completion. I have them fill out extensive questionnaires so we have all of their information in one spot and all of uh, their needs and vision and everything that we can go off of so we can discuss that more. And then I have a really simple project agreement that they can look over that goes over terms, that goes over revisions and uh, I sign it, they sign it, and we know what we're dealing with. So uh, if things get out of hand, it's like, okay, 
you had three revisions and then after that it's going to cost x amount of dollars per revision and mm-hmm. you knew that before we even started or if you stop responding to me and, and you leave a job you still are required to like pay in full and that sort of stuff and just making sure that you're communicating up front what you are and are not willing to tolerate can really make all the difference in the world that is amazing and that goes further than just designers like i'm hoping photographers and painters and all that all them are listening to this too is like any business in general yeah even jacob making um doing recording sessions with bands i mean i'm sure that's like that's key to have those processes in place any type of creative any type of freelancer you know you need to set your own stipulations to get those difficult people under control or you know it, it'll just push them to someone else and it, you know and it's sad to say that they're just going to keep going until they can find someone to prey on oh absolutely i'm sure you have many clients who ask for you know want to do free work with you <laughs> oh yeah oh de- definitely and and you know over the years i have bent over backwards for numbers of clients and you know i, I haven't always had these sort of things in place for myself it was after getting burned multiple times and then realizing I had no one to blame but myself where I have finished jobs and clients haven't paid me. I have done hours and hours of work and then people have disappeared and then popped up. Oh, they started working with a different designer and then just ghosted you or they have abused revision privileges and, you know, anything under the sun, people will, will find a way to weasel around and, you, you just you just learn through experiencing it yourself and say, wow, I do not want to go through that again. How can I make sure it doesn't happen again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, I hope you're taking notes because that's going to save you a lot of time and energy. I've been there before so many times. Oh, it's, it's the worst. It's the worst. We, we all have. But I mean, I guess that's just joy of being a freelancer, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and with the abundance of clients that you're having, is it have you added to the team or is it just mainly you? Oh, it's it's still just me. Okay. Uh, last last year, I had experimented with bringing some other people in to work together, and we, and we did a couple jobs where we were sort of collaborating. But most of the time, yeah, it's uh, it's just me. Uh, there, I, I am not an illustrator in any way, shape, or form. I don't do any type of illustration. Mm-hmm. So if I'm working with clients that I really care about or, or like we're we're in, we're invested in a in a specific type of job or we have a long standing relationship i will bring illustrators in to work with me but uh other than that like i know what i can and can't do and if i can't do it i'm just referencing it out to my friends because that, i mean that's another thing too with freelancing i'm all about building community rather than competition and just having all of those people on hand that like, hey, if that's if this is something I can't do, I want you to be working with these people, you know, and, and trying to help out the, the people that I care about in my life, you know, just cr- crush their work. Yeah, that's super awesome of you to do that. Yeah, I mean, so many times you see so much where, you know, freelancing can be so cutthroat and, and everyone's hush-hush with each other and, and not sharing information and... Mm-hmm. I'm like the absolute opposite of that. Like I want to see everyone around me succeeding at everything they do and anything I can do to help that. Like I just want to elevate the people in my life. And uh, yeah, even this year I, I started uh, a group chat with designers from all over the world and we talk on like a, a daily basis. 
And, uh, and it was inspired by a group that I was added to a year earlier of designers that have been doing the same thing for five plus years now. And, and just saying, like, instead of competing against each other, let's help one another, because the more we elevate each other, the way, you know, you see it done in other businesses, the, the more ground we can all cover together, the more respect that we can all... Yes you know, kind of earn for freelancers and creatives in general to say, we, you know, we all, you know, deserve the same types of things and, and you know, be discussing things like finances and, and saying, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's, let's set minimums together and, and, and make sure no one is getting taken advantage of financially. Or, Absolutely. you know, if, if someone doesn't have any work and being able to throw them a bone when in a, in a dry spell, uh, you know, just looking out for each other rather than than trying to turn it into yet another capitalistic pyramid. Yep. <laughs> I, love that. I was waiting for that to come out, by the way. Oh God, I could I could go all night with that. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's so cool. But um, I want to jump to your um your book. I'm super excited because Jake. When I got here, Jacob was like, "Make sure you bring up the abstract." And <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass. Now Jacob didn't say that, but um, I'm <laughs> but I'm super into that. It's called in abstract the series of a hundred. So what exactly is that? Well, um, it was it was about last year or so. Uh, I started working on designs for myself for the the first time ever. Uh, you know, as we've been talking about this, I said like I'm I'm a designer who designs for the client, and you know, with, with the nature of how busy I stay on a day to day basis. I'm not someone who is creating work for myself or creating work for fun. Uh, and last year I wanted to change that. I wanted to to challenge myself to kind of dig into something outside of the the band work or the brand work that I do yeah. and just say, you know what what actually inspires me? What am I personally drawn to? What is the type of work? I want to see for myself, mm-hmm. and uh, so with, with the the main aesthetic that I've always pushed with Flesh and Bone, just as a brand, it's always been based around three colors, which you'll you see on my website, which is just like soft black, soft cream, and antique gold. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to create an entire abstract series based around those three colors. And I, and I wanted it to be done in a fashion that I do with everything that's just like cut and paste layering uh, and and just pushing myself to work fast, work in the moment, not overthink anything and not set any guidelines and just see what comes out of it. Wow. So every day I, I would try to do a number of designs and the stream of thought would be drastically different from day to day until you zoomed out and saw that it was starting to create this like cohesive canvas and uh i would i would put on you know all this different music that inspired me in different ways and and working in different moods whether i was super angry or super happy that day and and just seeing what would come out of it and no matter what only working in those three colors in in a way that uh they could they could be put together through a silk screening process and so so later on uh, in 2019, at some point, like my, my goal has been to get to 100 total pieces, and I have 100 right now. And 
I've gone back and started sifting through some of it that I might not like or might not feel as strongly about and creating more pieces until I'm finally like 100% sold on all 100 pieces to say like this is an actual reflection of who I am as an artist rather than a designer right. and trying right. to dive into that world a little bit for the first time because that, that's a new challenge in and of itself. I, I have so much respect for people who consider themselves actual artists and, and I have never done that. You know, I'm I'm just someone who's doing grunt work for clients day in and day out and even though I have a little bit of a creative imprint on that, I still am not pouring my heart and soul into things. So that's what I wanted to do with the abstract series to say this is actually a reflection of who I am as an individual rather than flesh and bone the entity. So uh, I'm wanting to release it all in a book at some point next year uh, with a bunch of explanation behind it and you know a bunch of that hoity-toity high art stuff (laughs) Uh, but then also creating a bunch of one-off art pieces uh, on on like stretched canvas so the the goal is to take some of these things like that I've created digitally and you know turn them into 40 by 40 canvases that are screen printed and and, and it's not like a series or anything like the, because of the nature of how large they would be it would be like one of them at a time yeah. and and just create a series that I, I'm, I'm hoping to start with maybe 20 of them because it's going to be a big and expensive endeavor but actually uh, dive into doing art shows and, and going around I want to go to like different places in the country yes. you know just like I have with, with music and, and turn it into something that's a celebration of you know DIY art and work with you know other friends in the art community that I have all over the place and and kind of do a different perspective on fine art where like this is something that was on a computer that is now you know kind of this like fine art idea but not I don't know it's it's really it's a weird middle ground and uh, I'm excited to explore it uh, you know a bit more absolutely and just looking at these these images, I'm so blown away because I've, I, I'll admit, I before probably this year after interviewing a few abstract artists, I I was really not, I really didn't get it much, but after talking mm-hmm. with them and with you and just looking at these images, I I, I love it so much now. Um, and these are so beautiful. And you can go, people who are listening can go on his website and look at it, um, flesh and bone flesh and dot com slash abstract. But um, yes, I'm super excited about this, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm really pumped about it as well. I'm I'm excited to to get it out in the world and I don't know, like it, it's still like in its infancy. You know, I'm I'm still trying to figure out how it's all going to come together, but uh, I have a lot of ideas around it and have a lot of a lot of ideas that dive into the specific pieces, whether it be emotional or political or you know, I I don't know that there's there's a lot to cover there, and I just want to I want to make sure I'm doing it right. And uh, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun new challenge. Absolutely, and I will definitely be purchasing. 
and Jacob <laughs> will too. Whenever oh, that comes, we're going to blast it all over the place when you have a release date for that, by the way. Yeah, books oh, hand down. Crazy. Yeah, the, the original canvas images, I'm, I'm sure both of us will probably pick up. I mean, we're, we're glued to his iPad right now, staring at it. Yes, I was in a trance. <laughs> yeah, he's going through it as he's talking to you. I was in a trance. It's like, oh my goodness. Like, I wonder what's going through your head making these, but, you know, I'm not going to yeah. think about it too hard, but this it's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful, dude. I'm really stoked on it. I, I really appreciate that. It's gonna be it's gonna be wild to see how they come together and yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be nuts. <laughs> That's awesome. So I guess I mean I guess you're on a amazing um path as a um you know, a, a designer and all that stuff, but do you have like an end goal that, you know, you're trying to achieve or are you just kinda coasting? Man, I don't I've always been coasting. Yeah, I've been I've been coasting since day one. I I don't I don't know what the heck life is about or where i'm going you know i i come from a blue collar family in a blue collar town and like the whole idea was just like if you can get out alive that's enough so uh i I don't know i'm just i'm just trying to do what i can to i don't know be my own boss If, if i can if i can make make it my entire life just by doing exactly what i want to do that that's enough for me yeah you know i i'm not I, I don't have lofty goals of being some kind of like superstar in in the design world or or anything like that i just i just want to be able to know that i'm doing what i can through my own you know blood sweat and tears uh to create something mean, meaningful and, and being able to share my creativity with the world in a way that I think actually represents who and what I am. Absolutely, absolutely. I think you, you, you're there, dude. I mean, that's just, I, I'm so impressed by you and your hard work and all that. And I'm definitely, <laughs> um, I'm definitely gonna um, take some of those, uh, some of that advice you gave to us throughout this interview and kind of put it into my own life. Um, and that's so cool. Um, but yeah, where can we find you on the internet? Oh well, uh, my my website is just fleshandbonedesign.com. Uh, that is like my portfolio, and I have way too much content on there. Uh, I'm gonna be, you know, building some things out a little differently this year, where I'm going to focus it a bit more. Like if you go to all the different sections of my website, there's like examples from, you know, the last eight years, and it's just way too much to dig through. And uh, and I'm wanting to kind of streamline it a bit to where uh you know if you're looking through things that i do with apparel and and branding and album art i want it to be very current to maybe the most recent 25 to 50 projects that i've been really excited about and then i'm starting to build out like an archival section of of my website to where if you're really wanting to dig in you can see a lot of the pieces that i feel stand out from over the years and it'll just be like hundreds and hundreds of of pieces to, to dig through so i love that uh but but yeah social media you know i'm on, on facebook and instagram if you just look up flesh and bone design uh you know it's it's right it's there, all there. <laughs> and before we leave i gotta ask you even though you dropped a few a uh, few uh, knowledge bombs on us already but keep for the people who are maybe like iffy about doing design or even for the people who are already in the game you want to give us a few words of advice to kind of keep them going Wow. Um, well, always, always keep your head down and just, you know, stay focused on what it is that you're working on. 
stay humble. You know, so quickly in the world, in, in the art world, people get a big head. And I don't know, people try to make themselves into something that they're not. You know, there's a lot of appearances and all this stuff. There's a lot of name dropping and all this stuff. And I don't know, I think the general public can see through it and, and you know, you can just implode in on yourself. And I just always be grateful for every opportunity that is in front of you. And, uh, you know, never stop working for the little guy. Never stop trying to help your friends out. Absolutely. Uh, elevate those around you. Elevate your clients through the work that you do. Uh, I don't know. Just create community, not competition. And, you know, good things will continue to happen through that basis alone. Guys, create community, not competition. I'm going to, like, do you put that on a shirt? <laughs> that needs to be the tagline for the next five years. Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, artists around here that I personally know who have that in their head that they're competing with people. And it's like, oh, it's, absolutely. You, that's, you, have, you have it all wrong if you think like, think like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, and you see it every day. I mean, even with, like, people that I've looked up to for years or have inspired me for years, you you may get a chance to like communicate with them and then realize that like, Oh, they're one of those people that it's like, unless you have a certain name or certain notoriety that you're not in the club. And it's like, man, what, what's the point of any of that? How does that work out for anybody? Absolutely. Like care about those around you and, and try to lift one another up, especially those that have less than you or less opportunity or less privilege, you know, give, give people a voice, give people a chance. And you're only going to, help grow a, a brighter and more beautiful and more varied and diverse art community in general through that i love that my heart's warm right now <laughs> dude brian thank you. thank you so much of course dude thank you for having me this this has been so much fun and i mean not only do i love you guys as friends but i love you both as creators and creatives i i <laughs> never get enough of the photography that you're doing, Daniel, and the Thank music you. and the recording that you're doing, Jacob, and I don't know, everything you guys are doing and everyone around you is doing is always very admirable. And I, like I said, I love following along from the sidelines. <laughs> Absolutely. And us to you, too. I mean, you mean a lot to us and you're you being a part of this free pizza journey is is very I'm, 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 I'm just honored to have you on here. Jacob's, well, I'm honored to be a part. Jacob's crying right now. I, I just oh, I wanted to say it, specifically that, um, you know. It was like six years ago. Um, I still miss the times that we were on tour together, and we would go to Dunkin' Donuts every every single morning, and you would work for like two hours, and we would just stand and watch you work. <laughs> that's that's, that's not the old laptop. Just like, hold on, guys. I gotta I gotta figure this out Hang real on, quick. Gotta get some Wi-Fi real quick. <laughs> oh God, that's amazing. But guys, if you have any additional questions for Brian. Please hit him up. We, we we discussed a lot, but we didn't discuss every single little thing. So I'm sure he's open to all your questions if you have them. He's been in the game for a very long time. Um, and guys, just support him. You know what I'm saying? With these books coming out, and hopefully you do your you know your your kind of art tour. That'll be amazing. Um, and we look forward to buying all your merch and you taking all our money. So that's it. <laughs> and well, thank you so much. Absolutely. And free pizza listeners, please subscribe to all the things. We need money. And we're starving. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, goodbye. <laughs>